Um, but and I was like making a. Re- I'm, I'm rambling now, aren't I? It's it's because you've given me the opportunity. Chop chop. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to episode 192 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. It's Saturday the 18th of November. I hope you've had a great week and you are well and staying as sane as you feel you need to be. I'm your host Ian Truscott. I'm a three-time CMO but I'm not a rockstar and in this weekly podcast with the help of chums that I've met on my marketing journey I am to share the marketing street knowledge that will inspire your inner rockstar. Say hello, you can find links to me and my guests in the show notes at rockstarcmo.com or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter or Facebook. We are Rockstar CMO. This week we turn the tables in the Rockstar CMO studio as Jeff Clark asked me about content marketing in a world of AI. And we continue the topic as I join my chum and content marketing guru Robert Rose in our virtual bar where he shares a cocktail and a content marketing full. But first, we need to pay the bar tab. I'll be back in a moment. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy. Tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. On to our first segment, the Rockstar CMO Studio with Jeff Clark, our resident strategy advisor, former Forrester Research Director. And this week, we do things slightly differently as Jeff asks me the questions as we dive into the topic of content and AI. Ian, welcome back to the studio. <laughs> How you doing? Thank you. I'm doing all right. I think that pause at the beginning is getting longer and longer. <laughs> <laughs> I would struggle with that in the edit. Like, Ian! Is there a bit that's missing? No? Is he going to say anything else? Yes! <laughs> well, you, you're, How are you, you're Jeff? A, all right. I'm fine. And you're a master editor, so, I, so I'm sure you can fix whatever I screwed up. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. I think last time um, our application actually screwed up because... There was a delay when we were talking to each other, so I had to edit yeah. out all this all this delay. Oh, stuff that's right. I remember that. So um, the platform kind of built in. So anyway, we have another episode where uh, we're going to reverse, as they, as they put in the show notes, reverse the turntable. And uh, <laughs> so you can share some pearls of wisdom, but first you have to share how the weather is in uh, that's jolly true. old England. Yeah, see, that's good. See, you've taken over hosting duties and you've remembered the agenda. (laughs) Uh, uh, Today, actually, was quite sunny. It was very nice. Tomorrow, apparently, we're going to get a storm. But, uh, yes, it's it's more autumnal than winter, which is quite mild for November. What about yourself? Uh, Same thing. Sunny, autumnal. Mm. We did have a a snow that lasted for more than an hour um, yesterday. So... uh, 
But uh, so winter's coming. But uh, very nice yeah. day today. Very bright and, and sunny. So. Are the leaves still on the trees? Are they down? For the most part, they are down. Fall has fallen. It has fallen. <laughs> yep. All right, mate. Well, let's get on with some stuff about marketing prep. Yeah. What, so uh, what are you talking about today? Uh, well, we um, uh, we agreed. To yeah, I, I know we agreed, but they, <laughs> they don't know that. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, uh, well, we're going to talk about five content strategies for when robots write the content because... Uh, I know AI has been like it, everybody's talking about AI, and we've not really talked about it much on the show. And I thought we'd better tackle it's it. Time and, to talk about it. Yeah, and I've been playing with um, I've been playing with it a lot, as everybody has. I mean, everybody you meet has been playing with AI, right? And it's all over all over LinkedIn. Um, Robert Rose is on the show. Wrote a Klingon translator, for example. <laughs> There's all sorts of crazy stuff going on, and I. Um, uh, and then I've been, if you want to see my experiments with it, uh, I actually created a website called manbypambyland.com where I've just completely auto-generated a, a marketing blog just to get a sense of, as with all these things, right, unless you play with them yourself, you don't know what they do. So I've been playing with it. So in my view, I think generative AI is here. And I think with ChatGPT and all the other tools, the argument is no longer whether the robots can write B2B content. And that's our focus, isn't it, Jeff, on mm. B2B content? It's what do we do now that AI can do that writing? I think we as marketers need to think about this as, you know, you read so much stuff about what the AI can't do and it can't write and it can't put personality into things. Sorry, it fucking can. <laughs> it can do an awful lot of good stuff. And, and I think you can read some very plausible articles that are written by the machines. Um, but and I was like making a. Re- I'm, I'm rambling now, aren't I? It's it's because you've given me the opportunity. Chop chop. <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking about it like uh, self-driving cars. Yeah, right? I think we'll, we will soon let machines take on the boring stuff, like driving us to and from work or some boring journey like that. Uh, but but writing will start to be something we do for the art. So we'll like a driving a convertible on a sunny day, for example, if it's if it's that, or if the, if the task is specifically something the robots can't do. So I can imagine that driving an ambulance might always be human because it needs a level of risk, and a robot is probably ah. going to be risk averse. Very good. So there's going to be things that we still do around driving, but we'll let the robots do the boring stuff. So that's my thoughts there. You know, it's it's, it's, it's funny as as you were talking about that. I was. Re- reminding myself of the fact that I first heard about artificial intelligence in a substantive way back when I was going to meetings of the Boston Computer Society in the <laughs> mid, mid-80s, I think. Uh-huh. And, and uh, you know, so early in computing, and of course it was, people would be talking about it, and then it'd be like, yeah, but what can you do? Where's, it, you know, when's it going to be real? Mm-hmm. When's it going to be real? So here we are, you know, Mm-hmm. 40 years later and it absolutely is real um you know so i guess you know what we're going to cover today and what i have to ask you is that why not we just why don't we just let the machines go so you and i can hang out in the cafe and think about what we want them to write about <laughs> what say I you I, thank you what say you i think it's almost we're almost at that point you know we um uh, so i think in b2b i think the dull stuff the hygiene content and all of that you know all of that will be will be automated like i was saying about the cars and but if you love the craft um uh, of writing um then then we need to think about how 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 our human selves can be injected into this but also the thing we were talking about before i press record as well was 
all of our competitors are going to be using uh, these these tools, right? There's going to be it's not going to be enough for you to be first or most or fastest or any of those things or creating more. It's going to be how do you then differentiate the content that you're producing? So and I think that's that's where the action is going to be is how do we inject our love and the craft of marketing and our own personality into what's going to get created? Awesome. So what are your five content strategies for when the robots write the content? <laughs> I always think it's funny when I'm on the other side. <laughs> so number one, Jeff, uh, is your true brand voice. So I think that basically what's, what this means is that we will move out of the idea that our job is to write content and it, we move into spending more time thinking about our content strategy. And the first of that is going to be understanding what we want to say and how we want to say it. So the robots may be great copywriters, but they need a great brief. And that brief is commonly called a prompt, right? So they need to create something that reflects our differentiation. So so how what is our true brand voice? If we've got a copywriter, whether they're human or whether they're machine, is how do, how do we want them to express us? What is it? What's our brand archetype? And all of those things, right? So I think that our content strategy in that point of view will be the differentiation when all of our competitors are cranking out all of this content also using the same tools. Yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense because, you know, since, you know, what AI can do is scan the web and other data stores, just like your competitors are doing to mm-hmm. give you some sort of homogenized version of the message you're trying to get across, then yeah, you're not going to have a differentiated brand. So that, Yeah, that, I know. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I know two people who, in their experiments with uh, ChatGPT, decided to ask it to create a marketing services company from scratch, right? And just created all of that bland old content that you see on B2B solution, uh, B2B websites. And it's incredibly good at that. The crap <laughs> that we produce today is really good at creating that, right? So yeah, that's, yeah. that's my number one. So number one is your true yeah. understanding your true brand voice. What is yeah. number two? Number two, I think the other strategy is that you're going to need an opinion. I think if you look at what and my experiment, and it's it's very obvious, but my experiments with ChatGPT, it's very hard to get it to to create an opinion piece. So if you look at the you know the good marketing writing, the Mark Ritsons of this world, what you might read on Marketing Week or any of those things, it's you know the the robots might help us with the writing and the structure and the grammar and all that good stuff but they can't form an opinion and i think that that's going to be important that's kind of a a bleed off of the true brand voice is what's your opinion in the market and how do you want to express that opinion and you better fucking have one because if you don't it's going to be that bland bloody bloody blah that all your computers are getting chat gpt to write right so i think that and and obviously that position we talked about this stuff before and and i've i've talked about swearing for example in your content is it needs to be consistent and authentic so it needs to reflect those brand values we just talked about and it needs to be consistent with what it is that customers going to meet when they meet your people or they read the rest of your content or they implement your services or your product is you know that opinion needs to be held throughout the company it's it's you know it's another element that it sounds like you got to develop from from whole cloth. Plus, it's I mean, both of these first two, your brand voice and an opinion. It just can't be one marketing writer that uh, con- comes to a conclusion on that. That you've got to work internally, and and yeah. AI is not going to help you get alignment with your across the marketing team and the sales team on the fact that this is your opinion. <laughs> you know, this is the yeah, opinion yeah. of the organization. Yeah, yeah. It, it can can the 
once you've developed those things, do you think that ChatGPT can sort of help you expand on that, you know, looking for proof points or counter opinions, similar opinions, et cetera? Absolutely, because I think uh, I saw this on LinkedIn earlier. Somebody, and I really want to remember their name before I finish this sentence, said that um, AI is um, a co a co-pilot, not autopilot, right? So uh, it, it can help you in getting stuff done as a co-pilot. It's not going to do it for you. So I think that absolutely, once you know what your opinion is and your true brand voice is, then we can probably educate the machine to express that and find the proof points, as you say, and, and elaborate on those things. But you've got to have that opinion in the first place, right? Yeah. So and I, I think that will then you shape the bias, don't you, of the, the prompt that you ask and the, the way that you get the, con, the, the, the robot to write the content. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, if, and once, the plane, robot. once the plane's going down, then the co-pilot can help write the uh, – <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> let's pull it back up <laughs> while, we have, while we're looking yeah. for another opinion. Um, yeah, I shouldn't have had the fear. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. going into – I'm going to airplane references yeah. now. <laughs> so, uh, so number one, you you understand your true brand voice. Number two, have an opinion. And yeah. s- no, what is number three? Um, this is where I think that, um, and I kind of expressed this earlier when we were chatting about this. Is this is about the fact that the computers can't have a human relationship, right? So the first part of that is we as B2B marketers have insight into our buyer personas problems, right? And that needs to be expressed. So, and and I don't think this is anything to do with AI necessarily. It's a lot of B2B content right now is boring or crap because not because it's written by a robot, it's dull because the author hasn't grasped a topic that will emotionally yeah. fire up the reader. And what is it the reader cares about? What is it that somebody coming to your website cares about? They care about themselves. They care about their problems and their needs. And every fucking content marketer ever has said that same, those same words. And so I think that that's the thing that you can bring when you're using ChatGPT or something like that and you're auto-generating content is you have that insight. You know what to ask. You know what the problem is that's trying to be solved. And so therefore you need to make sure that you completely understand your customer's needs and have that articulated and documented somewhere so that you can keep going back to that. Yeah, this is a, this is a great point. And you know, we talk about buyer needs all the time for yeah, various yeah. other perspectives yeah, yeah. of, uh, you know, building yeah. campaigns. And, and so, uh, you know, but I think this is, it, it becomes hard to know how to articulate your buyer's needs. So, yeah. so that's something you have to know. And, and then maybe you can teach the robot to do that, but, but, uh, but, you know, You've got to be able to do it first. So, so our first three, so is know your true brand voice, have an opinion, gain insight into your buyer's problems. What is number yeah. four? Well, I just want to just finish something on number three there from from your perspective, I, because I think that the I think the the ChatGPT and the AI can help with that, right? Because you're you you know you may have that insight into the bias problems but also there's a ton of research that's already gone into what it is a cmo needs or a ceo needs or crm is yep. or all that kind of, you know so i think that ai can help you do the research exactly that co-pilot kind of help bit can can go with that anyway number four which actually and leads us thing. into number four exactly <laughs> it's almost like we planned it is uh, is uh, number four is original research so i think this is where we need to sh- this is what where if we look at the operational efficiency you might gain 
And I hate to say those words because obviously people write content. And if we're now going to turn to chat GPT to write content, there's so much of talk about, you know, that copy, there's going to be less work for copywriters to do and stuff like that. But if you're a marketer, this is your, this is the time you need to start shifting to the thing that we tend to ignore. And that is original research. So this is, this is to channel your inner research and analysts. So, so when you use things like auto-generated content and chat GPT and things like that is, you know, they, they, they're, they're very hard. It's very difficult to get content attribution, exact stats and quotes and proof and where this content came from and all that stuff. You have that, right? You know, your customers, you have, um, or you, you know, your audience. And so you've got this opportunity to do original research that can feed then into, cause it's brand new content. Chat GPT can't do research. Yeah. You can do research, and I think that I think increasingly that will be the differentiation when we're looking for content and we're looking to engage and we're looking to understand our problem better. Right, the content that's going to stand out is going to be the content that refers to research and refers to actual things that people have done. I think. Yeah, and of course the key here is original because I think we've all been part of absolutely projects of developing research to create you know, marketing collateral pieces, you know, thought yeah, leadership yeah. pieces, et cetera. Um, but it is, I mean, to anyone who, who, who reads that the material, it's like you can, you can tell when somebody has really put thought into it and, and understands yeah. going back to all the previous things you have, you know, the opinion, <laughs> you know, having yeah. understanding what the buyer needs really are all about and understanding how yeah. your brand wants to speak to those buyer needs. Um, yeah. That's well, what makes the, it original. Yeah, exactly. And the thing I've seen in B2B writing is so many times, and this is, again, nothing to do with, nothing to do with um, generative AI, the, um, is, is that we'll say things or you'll read something and it'll make a claim and that claim is unsubstantiated, right? It's 30% of blah, blah, blah happens or 85% yeah. of the B2B buyers are this, that and the other thing. And they don't do the attribution. And quite often when you do the research and you try and find where some of these quotes come from, it's a, it is, you fall down an absolute rabbit hole of things referring to things, referring to things, referring to things. And then there's never any actual substance that comes out at the end of it. So I think that I think if we get keener about being and that's why I say inner researcher analyst, because as you know, being at Forrester, you couldn't write any old shit, yeah. right? If you said thirty percent of, of, of marketers think like this, you needed to prove that thirty percent of marketers think like that. And I think that's what we're gonna need to do as B2B marketers and that content will stand out, I think, if we can do that attribution. So I mean one one reference was I mean everybody was talking about how the human attention span is less than a goldfish. You look for that reference, right? And it's been debunked. I mean, the BBC proved it wasn't oh, true, uh, right? But well, so what many did you people say? say that shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay. Right. So, so number mm. number one was yeah, understand yeah. your brand voice. Number two, have an opinion. Number three, yeah. have insight into your buyer problems. We were just talking yeah. about number four, original research. I think this tease... Yeah up to what you're thinking of is the best, which is last. <laughs> Absolutely. So the fifth, and this is a kind of like related to the last few as well, is case studies. I think that 
there is no way that um, your competitor who is uh, plugging in excellent prompts into ChatGPT or some other tool is going to pop out a case study for how somebody uses your product, right? So, and, this, and the stats that they saw and the benefits they saw and the quotes that they'll come up with, right? And I think the case studies have always been the... Um, you know the, the the gold gold standard content marketing it's always and it's what everybody wants to read anybody wants to find out is what was the true experience of working with you you know and i don't mean the case study which is blah 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 had a problem and ta da yeah. we solved it right there's a journey that they went down and i think that you know it's thinking about case studies as those stories and obviously having the stats and the quotes and all that kind of stuff but it's like a content package it's got all of those things and part of that is the story that's been told along the way so i yeah i have saved the best to last and i think this is the thing that makes makes a difference and i think um, one analogy i would use if you i mean i read a lot of marketing books the good ones are the ones that quote oh, clients absolutely. quote experience and work they've done and other other than just beyond their own opinion and then um and the the bad ones are the ones where they just opine it's the same with any anything you read on social media you know, people just have their opinions they've never done it before they don't know anything about it they just have an opinion this is the this is the good stuff so i think case studies is is going to you know that content is going to be incredibly valuable in the world of the machine yeah i totally agree because it's like only you probably the sales or account team and the customer mm. can pull that story together. Absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, what do other customers and prospects want to know? They want to know how other people solve problems and Absolutely. solve them with, you know, with you. Uh, so, and, and you and I have both Absolutely. been involved doing lots of case study, you know, video, uh, yeah. written audio, et cetera. So um, I, yeah. I, I totally agree. This my... is the best and the last. Yeah. And, and that also pulls at number three, because I think that when you think about if you understand your personas and needs, you know what needs to be in that case study. Yeah. Right. This isn't about you because my because I'm particularly proud of this feature or that function or this thing we do. It's how is it that we help somebody solve the needs of the audience that we know is that audience. Right. And there's that Jack, no no um, generative AI is going to be able to do that for you. And, and I've, I've personally found that as I did case studies, that's how I got to understand both the buyer needs mm. and how they mm. articulate them, that, which, is, which is almost as important as knowing what that challenge need was is, well, how did they talk about it? You know, what were the words yeah, they we used? Should do an e- yeah, yeah, we should do an episode on case studies, mate, because... I completely agree. It's an amazing research process as well, isn't yeah. it? You learn the language that somebody uses to express the problem. You learn how they describe your solution internally. Um, and you learn the benefits and the needs. And often there's some surprises in there, right? And and some of the things you think that they're going to love, are things that don't really make a big difference yeah. in their life. It's, yeah. it's other stuff that does, right? So I think that's that's really interesting. Awesome. Yeah, we should do case studies. So your five strategies to, mm-hmm. uh, to help keep the robots where they should be in the closet, mm-hmm. uh, churning away, but you've, you're doing all the smart stuff, is one... Uh, know your true brand voice. Number two, have an yeah. opinion. Uh, and I imagine since you probably have multiple solutions, you might have multiple opinions. Uh, it, number <laughs> three, have insight or understand the insight into your buyer's persona's problems or their needs. Number four, do original research. And last mm-hmm. that we were just talking about is use case studies to tell the stories that your customers and prospects want to hear. 
Absolutely. Yeah, that's it, man. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. I think those are um, when, when you when you propose these five. I was like, oh yeah, I'm I'm totally on board with that. <laughs> and and so we come to the last element of our mm-hmm. in our agenda. You know, we did the weather, we did the five. Now we do the yep. song. What song do you <laughs> want our listeners to transition to the next part yeah. of this episode on? As you know, this is a this is a tricky choice because. Um, there's a number of there's a number of songs that are about this kind of stuff, and I, I I was when I was growing up there was a song called Computer Love by Zap, which is a classic funk song about computer love, and then um, we we found some other we found some great tunes, but it has to be I think Heart on My Sleeve by the AI Drake Weekend collaboration that happened I think earlier this year, uh, which sort of caused a bit of a stir in the news, and simply because it's AI generated and. It does sound very much like Drake and The Weeknd. It's apparently all completely AI generated. So I'll play out with a little bit of that. And then include, if you haven't heard that story, I'll include a link to that in the show. And I imagine most Drake fans would say, yeah, it sounds like, but it's it's (laughs) not the real thing. (laughs) No, but I'll play out a little bit anyway. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. No worries. And will you be in the studio next week? We we should talk about that because, yeah. Next week is our Thanksgiving here on the, oh, in yes. the States. Oh, yes. No, that's so, true. So you're going to take a week off yeah, for Thanksgiving? and then come back on Splendid. the following. All right, mate. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Okay. Cheers, Cheers. Buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. I came in with my ex, like Selena, the flex, eh. Bumping Justin Bieber, but a fever ain't left, eh. She know what she need, or I need, or she blessed, eh. Giving me my best, eh. Thank you, Jeff, for that was Heart of My Sleep by AI Drake and Weekend, which created a bit of a stir earlier in the year, and I'll include links to that whole story in the show notes. And speaking of AI, I've been playing around with how good or bad ChatGPT is at writing marketing content. You can check that out at manbypambyland.com, a bit of an experiment that I'm doing, which I'll also include a link to in the show notes. Right, it's that time of the week to wind down in the Rockstar CMO virtual bar to find out over a cocktail what's on the mind of my friend and content marketing guru Robert Rose, chief troublemaker at the Content Advisory. Good evening, Robert. What are you drinking? Oh, hello, my friend, and welcome to the bar. And oh my gosh, I, I see you're copying Las Vegas here, um, and, and and doing F Formula One. It's Formula One uh-huh. in the virtual bar. I'm, uh, it, you know, it's crazy that yes. you're, you know, it looks like you've got a bigger crowd than Vegas did, which is, is fascinating. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, here we are, Formula One. Um, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's loud, it's noisy, and you know mm-hmm. it's kind of thing that i would expect you to do to repurpose the bar as you often do <laughs> well absolutely you know? man well well if we're going um if we're going all in in vegas the formula one why wouldn't i invite them into the bar absolutely indeed and it's the right weekend indeed perfect and, and uh, yes we have a lovely wonderful cocktail um, uh-huh. this is a bit fancy uh, yes. for for our formula one celebration here on the weekend <laughs> um and it's called a bay ridge Um, and it's, uh, this is, you know, this is sort of, you know, something you want to eat at a really fancy dinner or a really sort of cozy, 
bar with big leather chairs Ooh. and you know just exactly like we have here at the virtual bar um, <laughs> and it's basically a combination of rye whiskey mm-hmm. um, and rye is important here so it's a rye whiskey not you yeah. know some of the other whiskeys that you might get um, and then a little dry vermouth okay. um, and then uh, a little prune brandy and bitters now prune brandy can be a little difficult to find um, so you can use other kinds of brandy here if you want to, but a prune brandy is, is really what you're looking for here. It's kind of a Manhattan derivative, but it uh-huh. tastes different, obviously, for the, yeah. for the different ingredients that we're talking about here. But you basically have a rye whiskey with dry vermouth, a mm-hmm. little prune brandy, and a little bitters. And then you shake that up and chill it, obviously, and then mm-hmm. basically you pour it into a martini glass and you can garnish with a little bit of a lemon wedge or something like that and uh, away you go. It's a very, very fancy, very tasty cocktail. A great way to start an evening. Well, I can tell you that the Formula One can be fancy, but um, it's not like your IndyCar, your NASCAR fella. That is, it is high no, breath. Well, so I think we'll be yes. all right. But, the, but prune brandy I've never heard of. Is it, What's the brand that makes prune brandy? Is it like a specific kind of brandy that people might be out uh, it is a it is you can you can do it in a few uh you can find it in a, a few you know you just need to find it in a in a good uh liquor uh-huh. store so uh-huh. you can also go with a plum brandy okay um okay. there is a uh let's see here uh i'm looking at a few different brands <laughs> um of of they all seem to be french as it were yes um uh-huh. the fruit brandy um, there is the uh, prune brandy from Transylvania that I'm seeing here oh, online. Uh, yeah. There is a La Vielle prune plum brandy um, that looks lots of French, lots of French brands. French prune. Well, Le all right. Roque. We'll have to look out for that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's so we're sipping these Bay Ridges and uh, we're sipping them at the Formula One in Las Vegas. Is that true? Do I make that? Uh, yes, is exactly right. Yes. That's where I was thinking yeah. we would go so, is as these, go check out the Formula One races and in, 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 in find some of some fancy seats and drink some fancy cocktails and watch yes. really weirdly shaped cars go around a track. I <laughs> love it. All right, mate. And um, when uh, there is the inevitable pause uh, between practice sessions or whatever it is that they're up to and the conversation turns to marketing, what are we talking about this week, mate? Well, we could talk briefly about scripts. Um and it, this all sort of comes from, uh, I, I saw a LinkedIn post uh, about a week and a half ago, and it was really bad advice. Um, and it, basically, the LinkedIn post said, you know, you should never write a word-for-word script for any presentation you're going to do or use a teleprompter for anything you're going to do in a video or other business presentation. And he said, you know, great content performers. Just outline things, and then you let the language come naturally. <laughs> Scripts make people sound stiff, he said, and and basically that argued that any time you read the words, whether it's on a podcast or an audio file or a you know a video, basically where you're not expected mm. to have this thing memorized, then it's bad. And I don't think that's true at all because I haven't found that to be true, and I use scripts all the time. Mm-hmm. What I do know, however, is is that you need to do it well. It takes practice, um, and you know that's the real key here. And in the 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 key, and I'll just offer three quick best practices here, is to understand that script is a type of format, you know, and it it's a special kind of writing. And I learned that when I was 
growing up here in Hollywood and yeah. I was trying to be a screenwriter. Yeah. And writing dialogue is very different than writing prose. Yeah. Um, and so the three things that I would just n- note, and then we certainly have a, a blog post that goes longer into this, is that one, you don't think about grammar, right? Because this isn't going to be seen by external people, stop worrying about grammar. Stop worrying about write like you speak. Mm. And even if you speak and then go back and transcribe it and edit it, that's better than sort of writing it as prose to try and keep that. And so that's the real key here is to think about this. Um, how you speak is how you want to write. And we do different things when we write like we speak rather than when we write. And an example I use in the, in the post that I wrote was uh, President Obama, who mm-hmm. often would read from scripts and teleprompters. Yeah. But the key is, in the, and I link to this speech that he wrote where he said, if I told you, right? So the yeah. way that we would write that if we were doing it for a publication is I would say, if I'd informed you that mm. X bullet, two bullet, three bullet, four bullet, five bullet, right? You know, yeah. and, and basically we'd list out the bullets, right? Yeah. But the way you write it in the script is if I told you bullet number one, or if I told you bullet number two, or if I told you bullet, you repeat it, right? The, mm. re- the reason you repeat it is because it's a great part of the performance. Mm. And so when you bring your punchline, for after you've listed your three or four bullets of if I told you, well, now it has a stronger punch from your verbal because you've built it up. You've built it up dramatically with the way that you speak, but you wouldn't have written it that way. So that's the key. And, and I provide a couple of examples there, like the way I write my CMI news article every week and where Mm -hmm. I, you know, I put in, in my teleprompter, I put in the ums and the so and the dot, dot, dots wow. and sort of where I want to pause and I don't yeah, think about yeah. grammar. And the second thing is to think about the stories within the story. What I mean by that is when you do a direct story or what we call an active monologue, um, we trying to, I'm trying to convince you of something, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like what I'm doing right here. Like I'm, I'm in, I'm in active monologue mode right now. I'm speaking mm-hmm. with the intention to tell you something and convince you of something. Mm-hmm. Now there's narrative monologue, which is if I went a couple of weeks ago, I want to tell you a story about John and the way John dealt with this. Now I'm going to move into a story. Now the key is knowing when and where to move in and out of the narrative di- dialogue versus the the direct monologue, right? right. Because uh, that can really build a powerful metaphor, can build a powerful way to relay a point, but you don't want to do all of one all the time or do none of any of them, right? You want to move yeah. them back and forth and balance them uh, uh, wonderfully well. Okay. And the last point that I'll make, the best practices, is that when you get all of that done and you write your script and you're going to read it off a teleprompter, you're going to read it off a piece of paper for your audio file or whatever, you're introducing mm-hmm. somebody at a conference tell it, don't read it. In other words, use the script as a means of helping you formulate the words, but you don't have to read it word for word. Right. You just want to use that script as a means of reminding it what it is you want to say and the way you Mm. want to say it. Mm. So you can read it, but then just tell it. Don't actually read the words, right? Because you can tell. You can tell when someone's reading something rather when they're telling something. Yeah. And that's the practice part. And I sort of finish with the sort of a bonus tip, which is practice, practice, practice. You can get really good at this where you can get almost newscaster like, you know, at mm. this 
you just need to do it a lot. And it's a really effective way. And so I just want people to know that writing scripts can be a good thing for you. Yeah, I like this. I, three, I, three things came to mind there. The first one was you'd need to learn to write the way that you speak, which I think might be an interesting exercise because I've, I've had the same thing where I've tried to transpose my Tuesday two cents and actually um, read it out in the podcast. I did that a couple of times. And you're exactly as you say, you're not going to write the way that you speak. So you need to adapt the script in order to sound like yourself if that it, it sound like yourself that's when exactly you're speaking right. rather than yourself when you're writing i think that's interesting and then that's i was exactly thinking right. yeah then i'm thinking it's that typical thing you're repurposing content for the channel right so uh, the, yeah. the content strategist in me is going this is just standard you know repurposing for the channel and the third one is i think that that's the the important one is the practice and i think that i mean i'm not a terribly good um, public speaker because I, t I, I think that I need to do that more. I need to script it better and I need to practice more. And it tends to be that I'll get flung into an event on stage and I haven't had the time preparation. I'm reading from my bullet points and I'm doing all of that. And I think that my performance is part of me bumbling my way through this thing. And all I want to do is be vaguely entertaining. But I, th I think that, yeah, the, I think that's, that last point is the most important. And what are you going to practice if you don't write a script? Right? Yeah. And then you, you, yeah, you yeah. so the, the key here is, is that, yeah, when you have the time and the luxury yeah. to memorize something for a presentation yeah. or for your yeah. keynote or for your whatever it is, fantastic, yeah. lovely, yeah. memorize it and then say it the way you want to say it. Right. Yeah. But most times you don't. Yeah. Like you're not going to memorize the introduction to that super yeah. important executive that you're going to introduce at the conference. Yeah. You're not going to memorize that blog post that you need to present, yeah. you know, or that presentation you yeah. need to present on Friday that you need to create on Tuesday. You're just yeah. not going to have the time. Yeah. So writing a script for it yeah. is a great way to make sure that you, A, are on time because you can yep. read it out loud and yeah. see how exactly how long you're going to yeah. be. Two, make sure you get all the points out that you want to get out. Yeah. You're not going to forget anything. Yeah. And three, give you a give you a bit of a help. Give you a yeah, bit of a yeah. help to tell exactly the story you want to tell. Yeah, yeah. No, I've I've been guilty of all three of those things, particularly the coming off stage and going, damn it, I meant to mention the thing or the story. That's right. I know. Oh, it's the worst. And it's for the some worst. reason I skipped yeah. over the, the, the place I wanted to go to. I think that's yeah, that's that's really important. That's really important. So um, I know that we're a bit tight for time this week. You've got a hard stop. So um, let's get to um, my next uh, segue, which is trying to figure out how to um, bring your website into the story that we've just heard. So where are people going to find something <laughs> that is completely on channel, not scripted? but written very nicely. That's right. Well, you'll find this that this th this blog post and many others just like it at our lovely little hovel on the web which is contentadvisory.net. Yes. And of course, you can find us on the our one-on-one -on -one coaching and as well as expansions of my book Content Marketing Strategy at contentmarketingstrategy.com. Splendid. And the book's going well, I hope. The book is going well. Yeah, the book yeah. is going very well, yeah, yes. Good. And I'll include links to all those things in the show notes. But most of all, my friend, will you be in the bar next week? I will indeed. I look forward to it. I'll see you. Thank you. 
Thank you, Robert. And you should check out his rose-coloured glasses column at the Content Marketing Institute blog. As back on the topic of AI that we were discussing at the beginning, they fed his voice into an AI engine. And you can get audio versions of his articles using this technology. It's quite good and a little bit weird, but it's worth checking out. So that's a wrap on episode 192 of the Rockstar CMO Effing Marketing Podcast. Been your host, Ian Truscott. Thanks to Jeff and Robert for sharing their insight, and to you for dropping a dime into your podcasting jukebox, selecting our track, and jiving along with us. You can find all of our links and the things we discussed in the show notes on rockstarcmo.com, along with our blog, newsletter, and all of our previous episodes. And please let us know what you think, either via the socials or drop us a rating or review in your favourite podcast app, or just keep listening. I'm glad you're here. I know I promised Kathy McKnight this week, but client commitments means I'll be chatting with her next week as Jeff enjoys Thanksgiving with his family and Robert will also be back in the bar. Until then, have a great week. If you're in the US, happy Thanksgiving and thank you for listening. I hope you'll again join us next Saturday on Rockstar CMO FM. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.